So this morning, I want to talk to you about uh, the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues. Isn't it going to be fun? So I want to pray, and and then we'll start. Um, Holy Spirit, we love you, and we love your presence, and we honor your presence here. I ask that you would come and illuminate our eyes and our hearts, that we can fully comprehend um, what is the truth about this beautiful gift that you've given us of tongues. And we're so thankful, Father, for all of your ways. And uh, we just receive you in the fullness of who you are this morning. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and and just continue to walk around the room and, um, and just dwell upon us. Just light yourselves upon us. Just come and be upon us this morning. I ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. God, thank you. Amen. So um, one of my uh, favorite teachers and uh, prophets is Neville Johnson, who's um, out of Australia. He's actually English, but um, the Lord called him to Australia. And he said recently something that really uh, just hit me like an arrow in my spirit, and it it caused me to really um, want to, a teach on tongues again, and um, which I, I don't usually do. I don't usually teach on tongues. Um, so bear with me. Um, but this is what he said. He said, you know, if when you're in prayer, if you are having a difficult time um, finding your spirit man, then he said your spirit is weak. And what you need to do is you need to pray in tongues because praying in tongues strengthens your spirit. And so when, when you have a hard time accessing your spirit man, that means your spirit man has actually gone, grown weak. And, and you need to pray in tongues because that will actually strengthen your spirit. And as your spirit gets strengthened, your flesh will actually come down. And, um, and, and it just hit me, and it was such a simplistic way of explaining to me the gift of, of, of tongues. And, the, and one of the purposes of, of that, that God gave us the gift of tongues is that he knew that we would need to be strengthened because the word says that the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. Well, if my spirit cannot connect to the spirit of God, then how am I going to be led by the spirit of God? Instead, I'll be led by my flesh. And I can tell you, I've been in this situation countless times, and I can also tell you that I know that praying in tongues works in order to strengthen my spirit, man. And he said this, he, he also said that before he goes to preach a message, um, he will pray in tongues the equal and same amount as he knows he's got to be up there. So he said, if I'm going to be preaching for two and a half hours, which is what he was doing at this particular conference, he said, I'll pray in tongues. I'll wake up in the morning and I'll pray in tongues for two and a half hours. Because I want, my, I want my spirit to be fully alive because I want to give all that the Holy Spirit has for everybody. I don't want to come in the flesh, but I want to come fully in the spirit, giving away what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing and the essence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Um, 
And can we just go ahead and agree that, uh, that tongues is weird? It's just weird, right? Right? Um, and, and really, it is the wisdom of God, because he said that the things of God are foolishness to the world, right? And, and so um, when, when I first got introduced to, to tongues, um, my particular testimony is, as many of you know, I got saved through an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I didn't have somebody save me. I, I was going to church, and I had a mental understanding of who God was, but I had not confessed with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and I had not accepted him as my Lord and Savior. I was an unsaved American Christian sitting in church on Sundays who had a, 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 a carnal understanding of who Christ is. Does that make sense? Can any of you uh, understand that? Okay. Um, so the Holy Spirit came and he broke in over my life and I heard the internal audible voice of the Lord and then began to have all of these, um, visions and, and like visions, like literal, my eyes are open and I began to have visions where everything in front of me would disappear and the Holy Spirit would come upon me. Now, this is not a typical salvation experience as you know, you can imagine. So it was very Damascus road for me. And I thank God for it. And a friend of mine came to me um, who was the only person that John actually knew that, that was a spirit-filled believer. And she came in and she walked me through the prayer of salvation. And she said, I want to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Do you want to receive uh, the Holy Spirit and fire? And, and do you want to speak with, in tongues? And I, I was like, well, I don't know. Do I? And she said, well, it's a gift from God. And I said, oh, I want everything that God wants to give me. And I said, so I said, yes, I do. Now, granted, I had never read the Bible. I knew nothing about it. I just knew that I wanted all that God had for me. And so she said to me, well, okay. So she prayed for me and she said, just open your mouth and start speaking. So I was like, well, okay. I I don't know what that's going to look like. So I began to open my mouth and start speaking and nothing really came out. So she said, all right, this is what I want you to do. I just want you in your time of prayer with the Lord, you know, when you're, I had Samuel, he was a newborn, when you're um, feeding Samuel or when you're rocking him to sleep at night, I just want you to pray and to practice. And I thought, well, what do you mean? She said, I want you to just practice, like kind of like baby talk. And I thought, well, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But I was so desperate in my heart for this wonderful gift of tongues, you know, that I knew nothing about, but I knew I wanted it. And so I was like, okay, okay, I'll do it. Weird. So at night, um, I would rock Samuel to sleep and I would do this. <laughs> okay. Then I go to this conference Okay, now you're all, I know what you're all thinking. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Okay, that's how I felt. So I felt like feeling pretty foolish. And so then I go to this conference and during worship, 
uh, the, the worship leader says, okay, let's all just sing in our prayer language. Let's all sing, you know, in the, 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 the language of the spirit. And so everybody around me is singing so beautifully with this beautiful sound and, and this language. And I'm just astounded at it. And so I'm over there going, you know, so here I am. I'm thinking, okay, this is seriously, I hope nobody can hear me. All of a sudden, this mighty rushing wind comes and grabs my ba, ba, ba. And out of my mouth comes this language. And I'm telling you, I knew that I knew that I knew that my tongue just got set on fire. And it was coming out of me, and it wasn't just coming out of my mouth. It was coming out of the interior part of my being, like, like, like out of my spirit, man, was coming this language. And I was so excited because it felt right, and it felt, whereas before, it felt ridiculous. And now, even though it may sound ridiculous, it felt like, like it was real, it was real, like something was happening, and I knew it was happening. And so that's my testimony, and at the end of our message today, we're going to hear of some other testimonies of people who were baptized in the Holy Spirit and how they received their tongues. Because quite frankly, my salvation experience was not the same as a lot of your salvation experience, and, and my baptism of fire and, and the receiving of the gift of tongues was also not the same as a lot of people. So we all have our individual individual walking and the Holy Spirit, guess what? He gets permission to do it however he wants to do it because he's in charge. Corey Russell asked this question. He said, could it be that the gift that has created some of the greatest debate and division within the body of Christ is actually the greatest key to unlocking the power of God in the church in these last days? Amen and amen. Come on, Corey. So here you've got this whole, the whole kingdom of heaven and the way that God chose to bring his son into the earth is so incredibly bizarre. You know, here's the king of glory that comes and is born through a virgin, right? So you've got this woman, she's not even married. It's an unwed, you know, pregnancy. So, you know, pregnant out of wedlock, right? Then he's born in a manger, What's that all about? I mean, among the horses and the oxen. Ooh, you know? So weird. This is the king of glory. Again, where's the castle? You know, where is, where is David's temple? You know, why isn't he in the most wealthy with the most uh, beautiful of garments, you know, arrayed with fine linen? No, no, no. No, he was born in a manger. Then he lives this incredible life you know, he grows up a carpenter, but he never really becomes the king. In fact, he gets, you know, and he never kicks out the Romans like everybody was really, you know, all right, the king, we're going to have freedom at last. Well, he doesn't do that because then he dies on a cross. Well, and then he comes back, you know, only mostly dead, and he hangs out for 40 days, right? And he's like, well, I haven't truly ascended yet. I'm kind of like, just stopped in between, thought I'd hang out with you guys for a while because you didn't quite get it when I was here the first time. So I'm going to hang out with you for another 40 days and explain to you, let's review what I covered over the last three years. So he gave him the crib notes. 
And um, then he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to this place called the upper room, right? And I want you to hang out there for 40 days, and I want you to pray because the Holy Spirit is about to come on you in power. And guess what? You're going to all get tongues. You're going to all get drunk in the Holy Spirit and you're going to stumble out of the upper room and everybody's going to be watching this whole scenario take place and I am going to give birth to my church with tongues. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not the way that I would have chosen to do it. That's just so bizarre. It's so weird and it really is the foolishness of God, it, it is, it is the, what, what looks like foolishness to the world. And God said, isn't this great? This is my great wisdom. What do you think about it? And they were like, those guys are drunk. <laughs> no, no. No, we've just got power, you know, babbling in a new language. So think about this. If you were God, you could use anything to accomplish your will, your desires, and your purposes on the earth. And this is what he decided to do. You see, the gift of tongues makes absolutely no sense to the natural mind. Paul acknowledges the foolishness of the cross and the Holy Spirit life in 1 Corinthians 1. He said this, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block. And unto the Greeks, Greek thinking, it is foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So here's the question. Why would he choose to use that gift? Why did he choose such a messy and controversial gift? To give birth to his church, and then institute a gift, this gift in the daily life of the believers. He had to have known that this would have been the most controversial gift, especially in this days, and the most controversial subjects in the church today. I believe the journey of understanding tongues is really about understanding the nature of God. Because the key to the kingdom is not power, but the, king of the, the key to the kingdom is humility and the fear of the Lord. He said, if you're going to enter my kingdom, you have to do it like a child and with childlike faith. My response to the woman who said to me, do you want tongues, wasn't some sort of theological understanding, but it was, it was childlike faith. I want all that God has for me, and I don't care the price that it's going to cost. I don't care what I look like to man. I care what I look like to God. I care, I, I want everything on this side of heaven that God has for me, and so do you. Mike Bickle says that God made things foolish to the human mind to test the human heart. It's weird, and we're going to have to let go of, of what we think in our minds and, and how bizarre it is so that we can do what Paul said, which is pray without ceasing. Now, when Paul said, I want you to pray without ceasing, what do you think he meant by that? I want you to all stay in the prayer room all day, 24-7? No. No. But to go throughout your day and to pray in tongues. 
I, I pray in tongues at the grocery store when I'm shopping. I pray in tongues in my car. I pray in tongues when I blow dry my hair. And I, do, I pray in tongues when I'm doing lunges. I pray in tongues when I'm working out. Guys, come on. I mean, this is, this, I'm building up my inner man and I'm strengthening my spirit so that I, so that when, when the opportunity presents itself to prophesy, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, my spirit is fully alive and ready and activated to get busy doing the kingdom stuff. Mm hmm. All right, here's a disclaimer. Tongues is not a sign of salvation. You're saved by the confession as Jesus Christ is your Lord. And the purpose of baptism in the Holy Spirit is the purpose of power in ministry. So before the ministry of Jesus, John the Baptist proclaimed Christ would baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. Turn in your Bibles to Mark 16, 15. So Jesus, when he was coming back, hanging out, reviewing all of the things that he had said. Um, he once again told uh, the disciples about the Great Commission. So in Mark sixteen fifteen, he said this, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. In Luke 12, Jesus made this statement, I came to send fire on the earth, and oh, how I wish it were already kindled. He came to release a fire on us so that our tongues could be kindled in order to release the word of God and to be witnesses in the earth. Turn to Acts 1. Acts 1.4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you will have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so he said, listen, you are about to get baptized with fire, and the, and the Holy Spirit and fire is about to come upon you, and, 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 um, and you are going to speak in, in, in another language. Praise the Lord. And you're going to be witnesses. So he says this, that the baptism of spirit and fire is, and I'm going to give you six things that I, that I have found that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire does. Number one, it releases greater power for the working of signs and miracles and, and the power to resist sin. So, it's, it's, so it is a release of power. A power to resist sin and a power to flow in miracles. 
I loved how all of the interns from our, um, our school, EJS, uh, Encounter Jesus School, this past Thursday. You can see the baptism of fire on them and, because you can see that they're not just flowing in, in a spirit of prophecy, in the gift of prophecy, but they're flowing in the gift of miracles, you know? And I love listening to their prayer language and, 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 and hearing them connect and their spirits being uh, strengthened by the, the Holy Spirit. Number two, we speak the word of God with boldness. So all of a sudden, remember Peter? He was hiding behind that crow and rooster, shaking in his sandals until what happened? He got baptized with fire. Then what happened? Come on, man. Acts 2 comes along and he's like, let me just tell you about what's going on here. And he begins to preach the gospel, not only with boldness and power, but incredible revelation. He didn't go and say, "Uh, hold on a minute. I know you think I'm drunk and I'm praying in another language, maybe French. I don't know, Francoise. And um, he said, let me go study the scriptures for a second because I've got to do some deep study. of." No, but what happened is, is the Holy Spirit and fire just released out of his mouth and his heart, this boldness. He knew who he was all of a sudden. He was like a lion and he released the lion that was within him and it came out with accurate words, right? And revelation. Three, the baptism of fire touches our emotions with his life and his truth, releasing a greater measure of joy. Four, the Holy Spirit releases mysteries about God. Paul said what? I thank God that I pray in tongues more than all of you. Kind of a sassy statement, if you ask me. Um, But, I mean, Paul was really the greatest of all apostles. And he was able, now he's a Pharisee, right? And so he was very learned in the things of the law. But yet he never tapped into the great mysteries of God until he received his prayer language. He began to get revelation, the deep mysteries of heaven, and release them to us. Praise God. Number five, the Holy Spirit can have a dramatic experience where people lose control of their bodies. Have you ever seen people get baptized in the Holy Spirit and they just go, bam, they just fall down. And to people that that's never happened to, you look at it and you go, they're faking it. Really? Since when did that become the popular thing to do? I think I'll fake falling down into the power of God. Why? It's so embarrassing. You know, especially if you're a woman, you're just like, why did I wear a dress today? (laughs) You know, and the other, uh, uh, and and sex, another thing that happens when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit is all of a sudden, every place in your face begins to drip, like your eyes. And it's not like I'm crying because I'm sad. I'm crying because I'm, I'm just so overcome with the, the power of the Holy Spirit. And then, I don't know about y'all, but I get this, like, like somebody turns on the drip in my nose. And it's just pouring out. And I'm thinking, so humiliating. So um, there was this one time where I, I, I had this philosophy about how I really wanted to, um, oh, how should I say it? Um, honor God with my behavior. 
And um, so I wanted to be respectable. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be like all those other people. They're so weird. But, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor God. And so I was sitting in a meeting once with uh, an apostle, truly an apostle prophet guy from South Africa. I mean, he, he prophesies to heads of nations. And it's a very small group of people. I guess there were about, I don't know, 15 of us. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, you've put me in a box. And it's time that you let me out. This whole thing about being respectable, that's not me. And I thought, uh-oh. And I, and I started crying. And I, and, I, and I said, I'm so sorry, God. I'm so sorry. I, I repent. Will you forgive me? You know? And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit hit me and knocked me out of my chair. And without anybody touching me, I love that. And I'm on the floor shaking under fire. My whole body is on fire. And it wasn't something that I was trying to do. Good grief. I was, it was so embarrassing. And I got up from that experience, and I, I was verifiably, like, felt drunk. I felt like I couldn't talk straight. I couldn't walk straight. People were helping me in my car going, are you sure you can drive? And I'm thinking, this is so bizarre. I've never experienced this before. But, and, 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 and so the question is, was I faking it? Well, I wasn't faking it. Who would do that? Who would do that in their right mind? I mean, really, if we're trying to advance our own cause and build our own kingdom, that wouldn't be the way to do it. But really, God is saying, don't worry about my reputation. I think I got this. Right? Don't be Greek in your thinking. So in the book of Acts, speaking of tongues is prominently featured as a sign of this baptism. Also in the book of Acts, we see salvation and baptism of the Holy Spirit as two separate events. First, we see tongues are poured out at Pentecost, right? And everybody who's there gets tongues. Bam, 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 bam. Second time it's mentioned in the, in the book of Acts, we see a description of tongues when um, the Gentiles get the Holy Spirit. Remember, uh, uh, Peter's there and he's like, accidentally prays and then the, the, they get the Holy Spirit and he's like, wait a minute. And they knew that they got the Holy Spirit because the evidence of it is, is, is here are these Gentiles, Cornelius, and his family start speaking in tongues. And he's like, uh-oh. What happened? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Can you imagine? He's thinking to himself because he understands that this is for the Jews, right? And so he's probably thinking to himself, I, I just broke the rules. What did I do? I don't understand. I'm in trouble now, you know? So, um, and then Paul, of course, gets the revelation like nine years later. Anyway, third, we see Paul in Ephesus where he schools some of the disciples about following the, uh, the teachings of and were baptized by John the Baptist. So he says to them, hey, didn't you know about the Holy Spirit? And they're like, well, we were baptized in, in John the Baptist's baptism, and we're disciples of his. And so he begins to tell them. So um, I wanted to read that to you. It's Acts 8. Um, 14, he, Paul says to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. 
Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So the people accepted Jesus and they were saved and, and, and they were, um, they were, uh, uh, baptized with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So when I got saved, I was baptized with the Holy Spirit and he came and lived and dwelled on the inside of me. The word said that when, when, when I pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The story in the book of Acts demonstrates that believers received the Spirit at more than one initial conversion, but they, uh, they received frequent outpourings or baptisms that released, among other things, the gift of tongues. So, so what they did is there were times when you would get, like, like Vince, you know, I mean, he may need a refreshing. I love what a friend of mine, Mary Forsyth, who's in the ministry, says, sometimes we leak. And you just got to be filled up again with a, a, a fresh uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, and a good way to do that is, for me, uh, praying in tongues and for you, praying in tongues. So there are three expressions, and I want you to write this down. There are three expressions of the gifts of tongues in the New Testament. The gifts of tongues that function in a corporate setting and and, and so Paul goes to the first Corinthian church that is, is really immature in their, in their um, uh, growth stage. And I love um, what they're doing because they're all praying in tongues. Can you imagine what that must look like? And Paul comes in and he goes, uh, okay, well, you know, that's actually not going to work because you're not doing anything. You're, you're actually not edifying the church. You're not building up the church. And he said, I would rather that you would prophesy or that you would teach. Because in this corporate setting, if, if I go over and I, and I um, call someone out, if I say, hey, Sasha, bless you, praise the Lord. <clears throat> she would be like, What? But he said, listen, if you are going to function, if, you're gonna, if you are going to pray in tongues in a corporate setting, there's got to be an interpretation of tongues. There's got to be a, the gift of the interpretation of tongues present so that somebody can build up and edify Sasha with what I just said. Does that make sense? However, if you are in a corporate setting and you're worshiping, and you're in, entering in with the Holy Spirit, and you feel led to strengthen your spirit by praying in tongues, you're not doing anything wrong because you know that it's for yourself and it's for strengthening. It's not for the body. You're not trying to share that with the body. What you're trying to do is you're in this place with the Lord and you're strengthening yourself in the Lord. In fact, I love when um, we're in a time of prayer and we're in a time of worship. And sometimes I will feel led to invite everybody to pray in their own language and in their own expression. 
And I, I'll notice that a lot of people will begin to pray in the spirit, and then other people will begin to praise Jesus. They'll begin to say, you know, you are worthy, you are worthy. And they'll begin to praise him. They'll begin to worship him. Or they'll be just shout out, you are beautiful. You are beautiful, like, like just now. I heard during worship, I heard people that were praying in the spirit and I heard people that were praying with the chorus and I heard people that were singing a, their own songs. So, so every one of us gets to be led by the Holy Spirit of how we want to enter in and, and, and you may need to be strengthened at that time, right? And I want to give you an example. Um, in 1 Corinthians 12, um, 29, Paul asks the questions, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healings, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? Paul said this, earnestly desire these best gifts, earnestly desire to speak in tongues because it's for the building up of the church. It's for a personal building up. And when you've got the, the interpretation of tongues, it's for the edification of the church. However, prophecy typically works better. So if I'm going to stand here and pray in tongues, which we've done this before, we've actually prayed in tongues, and then we've just prayed, and we've, then we stopped, and we just asked everybody if there was an interpretation of the tongues that I just prayed. And without a doubt, we've seen that two or three people will come forward and they will hear what the Spirit is saying through the interpretation of tongues. And it's amazing how that works and how some people just have the ability and they have the gift to interpret tongues. Paul said this, if anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, or at most three, each in turn and let, let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church. And then he said this, and let him speak to himself and to God. So he's saying, I believe what he's saying here is, listen, and by the way, this is, this is what you're doing when you are praying in tongues. You are speaking to yourself and you're speaking to God. So there is a, there's a one-on-one -on -one that's going on here. And, and so to, to do, to, for me to pray in tongues to, to Sasha, uh, or, or, you know, it's, I'm not edifying her. I'm not speaking to her. I'm speaking to God. He's speaking to me. It's like the, the umbilical cord. Paul was teaching the Corinthians that an expression of tongues is a personal conversation between our spirits and God's spirit. Paul considered this expression of tongues so important that he said three things. Number one, pray in the spirit without ceasing. Number two, he wished all believers spoke in tongues and that he thanked God that he prayed in tongues more than all of us. And three, that he speaks mysteries and or, or, or in, in praying in tongues, it allows him to speak in mysteries and speak to God. Two was he wished all believers spoke in tongues and that he thanked God that he prayed in tongues more than all of us. <clears throat> and three, he said that, that praying in tongues is, is speaking mysteries and it's speaking to God. There are times that I don't know how to pray. 
I don't know what to pray. But God initiates, and when I pray in the Spirit, he gives me utterance, and the, and the Spirit begins to take hold. And, and so from heaven, I'm actually the, praying the perfect will of God. And I'm praying what God is initiating through me. And, and, and when I'm with a group of intercessors, and what, what we'll do is, is uh, the onset and the initiation of our prayer time, we'll spend some time praying in tongues. And, it, and, and it's not because I'm trying to pray for them and I'm not trying to edify them. It's not for that purpose. It is so I can clear the shelves of my mind so that I can get into alignment with my spirit with heaven. And, and it's just a fast way of connecting with heaven. And then we'll find that every one of us, all the intercessors, will begin to see very similar things. We'll begin to experience very similar things so that then we can pray out loud and begin to say what we're seeing and then thank the Lord for it and ask him for it. Does that make sense? For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. John G. Lake, who is a missionary and a revivalist. Uh, how many of you know who he is? Okay, this was a, if you haven't read about John G. Lake. Oh, got stuck my hair. I really encourage you to, um, to research his life and, and to read his biography. This man was fascinating. He was a missionary to um, Africa and um, uh, the numbers are in the hundreds of thousands of salvations and miracles that he saw. Just incredible ministry. And this is what he said. He said that tongues has been the making of my ministry. Smith Wigglesworth, who is a great Pentecostal revivalist, I, uh, many of you may know who he is as well. He was a healer. Um, he said, uh, the word says uh, in his biography that he spent um, at least one hour every morning praying in tongues. So speaking mysteries and speaking to God. When I speak in tongues, this is what happens. My spirit man awakens and he's strengthened to see and hear God. I renew my mind. I'm transforming my, my thought life, my emotional chemistry, and, 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 I'm, and, and I'm refreshing my spirit. He's basically, when I'm praying in tongues... He's taking hold of me, and he's praying back to me, and I'm praying back to him, and he's praying back to me, and I'm praying back to him, and it's strengthening and edifying my spirit. Deep revelation had not been available until Paul was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I already told you that. See, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I've got to get on God's wavelength. I've got to get on... Um, it's like this as Christians, like we're on, you know, AM, FM, you know, like a radio frequency. We're on AM, but the Lord's like, but I'm over on FM. And you've got to actually switch over to a different frequency in order to tap into the things of the spirit. And so I want to be able to pray in the spirit so that I can participate with the spirit and be led by the spirit. So um, here's what I want to do. I want to pray for those that do not have the gift of tongues today. I want to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to pray for a lot of you are feeling really drained and you're feeling really weak in your spirits. So I want to pray that, uh, that you get a, a filling up today. Um, it's like coming to the gas station of the Holy Spirit, right? 
And, um, and then um, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up. And if you want to receive a gift of tongues, um, the gift of tongues, then uh, I want them to pray for you to receive. Um, so here's some testimonies uh, at, about, about getting tongues because there's all different kinds of, of testimonies about how we receive tongues. Um, John, can I give your testimony? Do you mind? So you heard about how I got tongues, right? Ba 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 ba. Uh, well, John is, was a very conservative businessman, and he was kind of looking at me, you know, going, "Oh my gosh, you're not going to be one of those weird people, are you? Please tell me you're not going to be one of those weird people." <laughs> well, guess what? So whenever there was an opportunity to receive any kind of touch from the Holy Spirit, or when there would be a prophet that would come into town, and we would be at church, I would go, I would be the first person, I'm like running, I'm not kidding you, I am so filled with zeal, I'm running, I'm climbing over chairs, I'm climbing over people, I don't care, I want to get to the front, and I want these people to lay hands on me, right, and John just rolls his eyes, and he's like, I, I don't, I'm not going to have some prophet push me down, and I'm going to lay on the floor, and I'm just not going to do that. So I was like, okay, uh, well, I'm going to go down there, so thanks, see you later. So I, seriously, crawl over the chairs to get, because there were a lot of people in the aisles, and I was like, well, I'm not going to get behind them. So I crawled over the chairs so I could be the first to be, you know, get the hands laid on me. And it was good, you know, I was like, oh, show my honey. So it was good. So, so the Holy Spirit begins to do a work in John and just begins to say, really? You're just going to stand here? And the Holy Spirit began to burn. Have you ever felt that burn? You know, it's like you get out of that seat right now, kind of burn, and, and your booty begins to burn, and you're like, okay, all right, I'll go. So John's like, all right, last one in line. He gets over there. Here comes this little prophet named Cindy Jacobs. She's probably like half his size, so she has to lay hands on him like this. And all she said was fire. And my husband went down like a big old tree that got cut down. He fell. I mean, there was nobody to catch him. He just went bam. And he laid there for two hours. Two hours. And it wasn't like, it was like, hello. Actually, I wasn't trying to get him up. I was just going, thank you, God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> You know, the Holy Spirit has a really good sense of humor. He has a tendency to get the wives first, you know? So the husbands are like, what just happened to my life? So he got up. He got up two hours later. A lot of men in the church were praying for him while he was down there. And he sits up. And the first thing that comes out of his mouth is, that guy had tongues. It was coming out of him like rapid fire. And I was like, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, I mean, his experience was completely different than mine. It wasn't ba, 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 you know, I mean, but we both ended up getting in the same place. So the point is not how you get there. The point is that you get there. Okay. So, um, Crystal, I want you to come up and, and share your testimony as well. Everybody, this is Crystal. Hi. Uh, I was in high school when I, 
was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it was at the Brownsville Revival, which is was huge for me to go to because I was Baptist my whole life, and we just jumped in the van with the Assembly of God pastors and went and checked it out. So I was actually in the parking lot of the church after a service, and everybody was just didn't want to go home. And so um, somebody asked me if I wanted to be baptized in the Spirit, and I was like, sure, I guess so. I don't really know what the Holy Spirit is. <laughs> I didn't read my Bible much. Um, so uh, they just prayed a simple prayer over me, and they said, go home and practice. Nothing happened to me. I didn't fall down on the ground. You know, I wasn't overtaken by, you know, the presence of the Lord or anything like that. And so when I got home, I was so embarrassed. I was like, I don't even know how to do this. And so I would go and I'd shut the the bathroom door every day and I would just wait. Nothing would happen ever. (laughs) Not even one time. And so I, I finally started asking questions to the Assembly of God pastor. And he said, well, it's if if I want to talk to John, I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to make some words come out. And he said, it doesn't happen the same for everybody. And so he said, just just like a baby starts with da, 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 something like that. He said, you may start your language in that baby form and and it will grow with words as you exercise it and so then I would go in my bathroom and I shut the door I get really embarrassed and I just da 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 you know and that's what I would do and I probably did that for a year until it started expanding to where my spirit started growing and strengthening and taking over to where my mind was getting past the fact that I sounded ridiculous to me and so I just spent a lot of time you know, by myself, just getting past the, you know, the fear or the the feelings of, oh, I sound ridiculous or I look ridiculous, and until I've, you know, felt like I was actually connecting with the Spirit. That's good. Come on. All right, one more. <clears throat> Sasha, you want to you give a testimony? Well, you have food in your mouth. Maybe we should ask Vince. Vince, do you want to, I know you were born speaking in tongues, right? Is that true? Yeah, okay. Do you want to give a testimony? Is it good? Okay. Sasha. Okay. Okay, so my mom was like one of those tongue speaker moms in the house vacuuming. And so I was always attracted to it as a young girl. And we were driving in the car one day, and I was like, Mom, can I speak in tongues too? And she was like, sure. It's a gift. God gives us gifts, and so just ask for it. And so I did, and she's like, okay, now practice. She's like, I'm going to say it, and we're driving. She's like, I'm going to say it, and you just use mine, practice mine, and then yours will come out. So she would say, Kira and I was like, and I, I was a little girl. I think I was like between 10 and 12, and I was like, I rolled down the window so that like the wind would go like so I had to feel a little more freedom but it was the same thing for me it was like a a practice thing but I was so attracted to it there was just definitely this hunger and it was a gift so it was a faith to receive the gift and then uh, to practice it so the word says that we prophesy according to our faith and I believe that that's with all of the gifts Um, I, I am going to 
prophesy according to my faith. The first time I prophesied, it was terrifying. I didn't know what I was doing, and I didn't always get it right, but I was prophesying according to my faith, and as I did it more, my faith began to grow, and I began to stretch myself and step out more. What I was doing when I was ba-ba-buying is I was actually creating a landing pad for the Holy Spirit. It was a big target for him to land on. I was I was praying. I was practicing the tongues, the, the, the gift, in order for the Holy Spirit to take it and go, all right now. The same with miracles and the same with prophecy. So um, anyway, I, I, what I want to do now is I want the prayer team to come up and we want to, Jared, come up and I want you to worship. Um, as Jared is worshiping over you, the prayer team's going to pray for those that need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit and just need a touch from him and, and those that really uh, desire their prayer language. Um, I'm believing that a lot of people today are going to receive uh, the gift of tongues. And, um, and again, it's, it's, it's the most precious gift that I have. It's the most precious gift that I have because it's my way to connect with the Lord. Um, so let me just pray over you. And um, Mason, would you um, get the lights? Well, Father, I just thank you for your precious son, and I I thank you, God, that you've given us um, so many gifts. Thank you primarily for the Holy Spirit. Uh, He's the greatest of all. I thank you that the Holy Spirit is a person. I thank you, God, that, um, that your spirit dwells in us and that it is, it is like a light upon us. And so I ask this morning that the Holy Spirit would come and would land upon each one of us. We just baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Holy Spirit, just release your presence in this room. Yeah. Holy Spirit, you're the kindest person that I know. You're the kindest person that I know. The way that you are so generous with yourself. That if we desire these things, you're a good father. And you give us the gifts. You give us these gifts. Thank you that we're not beggars, but we're sons. And so I just ask this morning, Holy Spirit, baptize us with fresh fire. We are so hungry. We're so desperate for more and all that you have for us. We bless you. We bless you and we honor your presence here. So just open up your hearts. And for those of you who are feeling like your minds are kind of getting in the way or you're thinking, no way I'm going up there. I want to just really encourage you that this is something that's for your life. God means it for good. Holy Spirit, just bless you. Amen.